Good afternoon, and welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll hear from the board chair of the Western Grains Research Foundation. Up first in today's country comment, I'll chat with Duncan Morrison, executive director of the Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Joining us now is Duncan Morrison, Executive Director of the Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association. We are exactly uh, on target for 2022 with our MFGA uh, Aquanti forecasting tool, which bodes well um, for where we should be on the project and how we're going to be able to bring the technology and the tool um, to individual producers via uh, a bunch of uh, interactions and and meetings and uh, focus groups that we're going to be holding this year. Again, just fill us in on, on the tool and, and, you know, what it's all about. Yeah, for sure. Well, the tool, is, first of all, is that I want to make it really clear that uh, MFGA is uh, really, uh, we're quite, um, uh, we've been watching the latest overland flooding and, and we are quite um, moved by the uh, by the amount of water that we're seeing, especially in the Red River Valley and our hearts and, and thoughts go out to those producers affected for sure. And the quantity forecasting tool is not ever going to probably be a replacement for those types of, of, of scenarios. Um, those are based on a huge flux of water coming up that basically is, uh, you know, you're at the whims of, of, uh, of, of, of this force of water coming north. But what the quantity forecasting tool will do, will give producers, um, you know, the ability to access uh, decision support uh, within their forecasting tool to help them make important land management decisions on their farm. With the drought last year and now flooding here, um, you know, a tool like this, talk about the just the, the benefits there. Yeah, for sure. Well, what it is exactly is that, the, you know, the water management decision support mechanisms. So we're going to put them into the hands of farmers via this tool and land managers in real time. So they are able to anticipate extreme weather risks and be able to plan accordingly. In the long term, um, this same tool could be used for land planning, uh, farm and land plans that could help, you know, decide where uh, they might put in certain types of crop rotations, where they might retain a wetland, where they might retain a grassland, where they might restore a wetland. Um, all this improves water management across the agricultural landscape that helps all stakeholders. So um, there's key, there's a whole bunch of different uh, parameters of this forecasting tool. It looks at things like stream flow, soil moisture, groundwater levels, depth to groundwater, water depth, exfiltration, and recharge. So it's got kind of all that water language built into it. Each one of those is a, is a measurement within the uh, forecasting tool that producers will now have at their hands. Anything else you wanted to highlight here, you know, for 2022? I just think that in times of increasing climatic events, such as flood or drought, that this is, this is in, in, in fact, in step and probably ahead of its time in many regards. MFG's challenge is going to be figuring out what we want to, what we want to do with the tool to get it into the hands of the most producers possible. Now, that's going to take some education and some extension from MFGA, and we're fully prepared to do that. But we're also going to be relying on our partnerships with groups like uh, the Watershed District and Manitoba Beef Producers and others of, of that, that kind of uh, Ducks Unlimited and Manitoba Habitat Heritage and some of those groups that are on our steering committees. And we'll be looking for them for insights as well. 
And at the end of the day, this is very much producer-focused for producers. That was Duncan Morrison. He's the executive director with the Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association. That was today's country comment. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon. I'm Corey Canute. With the delay in seeding this spring, farmers may want to consider switching corn acres over to sunflowers. Jody Locke is senior originator with Schooler. Sunflowers have a shorter growing season. They're um, a good option for farmers who are at this point looking to switch anything over just because of the, the amount of water that we have. Sunflowers, because they have a shorter growing season, you know, they're a good option. It's a 90-day to 100-day growing season as compared to 120 for corn. So it's significantly short, shorter for, uh, for that purpose. And it's a good crop to replace if you're looking for something to change just because of the timing with the, the moisture that we have already. Locke encourages farmers to contact Schooler if they are considering sunflowers this spring. It's going to take multiple years for beekeepers to rebuild their colonies after the harsh winter. Jake Berg, chair of the Canadian Honey Council, says varroa mites led to a major decline in the bee population. He notes losses reported this spring in Alberta, Manitoba and Ontario were at about 45% on average. Saskatchewan was at 30% while Quebec was the hardest hit reporting a 60% loss on average. The way out of this or the way back to normal is, is going to be, it's, you know, it's going to take at least one or you know, possibly multiple rebuilding years for most producers. Berg says typically they would expect 20 to 25 percent winter kill, and that's a high number. And on Monday, Minister of Agriculture and Agri-Food Marie-Claude Bebo announced an investment of nearly $1.8 million for the Canadian Food Exporters Association over two years. The money will help open and maintain markets for Canadian exporters around the world and to facilitate the entry of numerous small and medium-sized enterprises into international markets. The investment will support the Canadian Food Exporters Association's efforts in more than 15 countries in Asia, Europe, North and South America, and the Middle East. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Tuesday, May 17th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll hear from the board chair of the Western Grains Research Foundation. The Western Grains Research Foundation is looking for a new executive director. After 11 years in the role, Garth Patterson has announced his plans to retire. Glendalee Allen Vosser caught up to WGRF board chair, Dr. Keith Dagenhard. To begin with, just let's remind everybody uh, about the Western Grains Research Foundation and its role. Western Grains was created by the farm groups at the time in 1981, and it was created from the, the forerunner of crop insurance, the Prairie Farm Assistance Act. There was uh, dollars in that fund that the federal government didn't know what to do with because they, 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 there were people who had dollars in it that had actually passed away, and they weren't. The distribution of it was going to be a nightmare for them. So the farm groups at the time presented the concept that why wouldn't they, we put that into an endowment fund and fund research. And so that's how WDRF was created. Right now, our research fund is uh, looking at approximately about $120 million of, that we have invested and then we then uh, fund research from the interest earned from that fund. So we are right now investing about $15 million on an annual basis into different research across Western Canada is what we're doing. Now, when we when we talk uh, about WGRF, uh, there's some, some changes happening. 
The executive director, Garth Patterson, has submitted his uh, notice to retire. Yes, much to our uh, disappointment. But we, when we hired Garth, Garth had had extensive experience in the agricultural industry. The last period of time before he came to WGF, he had been working with South Salsa for a period of years. And uh, we, he was a... Uh, by far uh, uh, one of the best candidates, and we selected him, and we've been very pleased with our choice of Garth as an executive director. He has uh, uh, a, a strong knowledge of agriculture, of, uh, of agricultural research, and uh, we uh, actually evolved during the time he was our executive director even more into where we funded and what we funded as far as agricultural research goes. He has, uh, the, between, that he had developed a, a, during his time with WGF a very strong research team of program managers and communications, and we all, that could work well with the directors that came from the member organizations. And we have uh, really appreciated his work. He's been a strong team leader and builder. We have uh, really increased our investments in different areas in agriculture. One of the things that we have done along with the work that our staff have done is we have invested a lot now in research capacity, both at the universities and, and uh, to some extent with Agriculture Canada, we're building and also research associations, they're building research capacity. And what's one of the things that we figure is key is having good uh, a good base of research capacity that really allows for uh, long-term research investments. And so we've gone in that direction. And then we uh, went from there. We have always had our commitment to uh, our ongoing research into production and variety development that we're still continuing uh, to have significant investments there. And then we're looking at uh, also looking at trying to to fund research where uh, for a lot of the commodity groups uh, they have a, a major focus on their commodity. That's what their objective is. Whereas with WGRF, we we look at the areas of cross-cutting research where we can we look at rotational work and and look at trying to have a strong basis for the producer. So he can have a, a long-term productive, sustainable farm. Our our long-term vision is having really strong uh, agricultural production and viable farms across Western Canada. So the search is on now for a new executive director. Yes, yes, and we've just started it. Uh, we made the announcement that that Garth is leaving us. He is going to stay with us till the end of the year. And what we're hoping to do is uh, uh, get a, a number of candidates, interview a number of candidates, and and then we're hoping actually to hope, have someone hopefully in place before Garth actually leaves us. So if somebody is listening to us and would like to maybe find out more about the requirements for the position, where can they go? We've actually hired a, uh, an executive search firm. It's uh, an email address, wgrf 
at strive.com where they can put in applications. They could probably uh, uh, contact myself as chair or Garth if they wanted to get some more information about the position and so forth. But uh, we are eager to uh, to find out who out there in that community is interested in, has a passion to uh, be involved in agricultural research is what we're looking for. Big shoes to fill, though. Oh, yes, definitely big shoes to fill. Garth has, uh, like I say, we were very pleased with the, the performance we, Garth gave us for the 11 years. If you can get a person for five to, to six years, seven years, you're happy. And if you can get 10 years, you're, you're really happy. And Garth was with us for 11 years. And, and we've seen a fair number of changes at WGRF and evolution, but it, they've all been positive and we've been uh, pleased with uh, the amount of dollars we can invest for farmers across Western Canada. That's Dr. Keith Degenhart, chair of the Western Grains Research Foundation. For Golden West, I'm Glendalee Allen Bossler. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada has established an e-commerce resource hub where Canadian agri-food companies can access resources to take advantage of global opportunities to sell products online. Sessions conclude June 6th. Each week covers a different topic. You can register on the Manitoba Agriculture website. And Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association is putting on a Fence and Water Solutions Workshop June 1st. The cost is $30 and you can register on the MFGA website. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Tuesday afternoon. Farm Credit Canada is prepared to work with customers concerned about financial hardship due to the impact of avian influenza. Kimberly Rowan is District Director for Yorkton with Farm Credit Canada. The main help that we can provide, of course, is in and assisting with managing cash flow. So whether it's providing additional credit, uh, deferral of payments, or even adjusting payment dates out a little bit just to provide that space for the farm operation so that they can regain their normal source of cash flow and, of course, ensure that they're able to continue to move forward. How do customers, you know, apply for these changes or or, uh, what should they do? Um, what I would encourage people to do is if you are impacted, reach out to your local FCC relationship manager. And if you're not an FCC customer, um, for sure reach out to your financial institution. And you can always call us, of course, at the local office or we have our customer service center. And the number there is one 332 And the sooner that um, if you do have issues or concerns, uh, the sooner you can reach out and, and ask for assistance, the better we are able to, to help things move forward. And I know FCC, uh, you know, will we'll do this from time to time with uh, different um, situations that come up, I guess. Just talk a little bit about um, um, FCC's willingness to, to look at these different options when, when these uh, uh, difficult circumstances come up. For sure. Um, well, agriculture, as you know, is is all about risks and cycles, and so FCC really just includes us as part of our our everyday core business. So, when depending on what sector um, is is having uh, an issue or uh, you know enduring a risk that that is impacting how the business can can manage through that, uh, we are there to to help. So. 
it uh, it's just part of who we are and what we do every day. That was Kimberly Rowan, a district director with Farm Credit Canada. FCC is prepared to work with customers concerned about financial hardship due to the impact of avian influenza. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Farmers may be adjusting their seeding plans this spring due to the delay in seeding. Sunflowers may be a better option than corn due to the shorter growing season. Jordy Locke is senior originator with Schooler. She talked about the difference between confectionery and oil sunflowers. Traditionally, confectionery sunflowers have a higher value, a higher return on investment. They're a little pickier to grow, but they are a good crop for Manitoba. Black oils... Traditionally, they go to a bird food market, so there's a little bit less of a a premium paid for them. So if farmers are trying to decide, depending on reasoning and and what they are looking to achieve, uh, confectionery sunflowers have been a a good option for Manitoba. Black oil sunflowers are also a good option. Right now, what we're seeing is there's a shortage supply on black oil sunflower planting seed compared to confectionery. That could become an issue for farmers as well. Locke encourages farmers to contact Schooler if they are considering sunflowers this spring. And it was a tough winter for beekeepers. Jake Berg, chair of the Canadian Honey Council, says it was a great summer for bees last year, but it was also great for growing varroa mites, a major biosecurity threat that has led to a major decline in the bee population over the winter. Alberta, Manitoba, Ontario are all talking about kind of 45% losses. As an average, um, Quebec is probably the hardest hit with uh, about 60% losses on average. And Saskatchewan is sitting at about 30, 30%, I believe, at the moment. Typically, we would expect, you know, 20 to 25% as a high number. He notes for some producers that were hit hard, it's going to take multiple years to rebuild their colonies. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll take a look at this week's crop report. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.